36 years of basketball knowledge and life skills. Your host, Coach Goins, focuses on today's topics on and off the court, helping players and coaches achieve their goals. So get ready for another fast break episode of Basketball More Than a Game with your host, Coach Goins. Hey, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to say good morning for another, and welcome to another fast break edition of Basketball More in the Game. Hey, listen, like we always say, make sure you got your shoes laced and you got them laced up tight because today we are in the studio in Virginia. Uh, we get ready to get back on the grind, get ready to head to North Carolina. Unfortunately, uh, it is not for a uh, exciting time. It is for a um, memorial service for none other than uh, what I deemed uh, my coach, my mentor, uh, and again, just you know, the world of basketball has lost a great mind, lost a great coach. Uh, there has been a lot, a lot of people. And when I say people, a lot of student athletes, uh, universities, uh, organizations um, that will feel the impact of losing Coach Jeff Capel, Jr. Coach Capel battled ALS uh, for the last three years. So listen, uh, we just want to make sure that you understand what this show is about, what this show means to me personally, and what he means to me personally. But before we get into the show, we want to definitely thank our title sponsor, and that is none other than Mr. Curtis Jackson. He is the broker agent benefits coordinator out of Creedmoor, North Carolina. Actually, uh, we'll be seeing him in a few hours as I get ready to head out of the, the great Commonwealth of Virginia and travel south uh, for Coach Capel's funeral, uh, which will be tomorrow at 2 p.m. on the campus of Fayetteville State University. That's where he played as a college player, and that's where his first head coaching job was in the arena uh, where the memorial service will be taking place for Coach Capel is the Felton J. Capel Arena. That arena is named after his father. So what a huge, huge day uh, for the Capel family. Uh, what a huge, huge day for all of his players that are able to travel back and, and remember him just taking a, lot, you know, a little bit of time and just saying thank you uh, for what they did for him personally. But before we do that, we want to stop and definitely recognize his beautiful wife, Jerry Capel, and we just want to thank her. Uh, I got the phone call from her uh, Monday uh, in reference to exactly what happened. Uh, so uh, in that, we want to thank her for her 40, you know, five years of dedicated service and, and just, you know, being alongside coach and raising two wonderful young men, uh, or just men now, not young, uh, and that was Jason uh, Capel and, and Jeff Capel. And we'll talk about more of uh, those guys in a little bit. But we want to definitely thank Jerry for, you know, being beside coach the last three years, you know, as this dreaded disease uh uh, you know, ended up on their doorstep and they dealt with it every day, you know, battling just like, you know, coach battles. But, you know, ultimately uh, we lost the we lost the battle, but you know, coach uh, gained uh, his uh, heavenly reward. So we certainly thank Jerry for her, you know, flawless execution of making sure coach had everything he needed and being by his side. Uh, and making sure that he was taken care of. So we love you, Jerry, for for all of that. But, you know, before we get any deeper into the, the podcast, we definitely want to just, you know, just stop and reflect on some of the things that, you know, went down in our lives as players, as went down in our lives as, you know, just just learning how to be a man. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you think back in, in R&B groups and you, hear the, you think of the group called Boys to Men, and they were singers. But what Coach Capel was able to do, he he took players and he taught them. He he got them as boys, and he turned them into men. And that was just through his passion, through his you know leadership, 
uh, through his dedication, not just what he did on the court, it's what he did uh, off the court. And, you know, last month I had an opportunity to go by and see him and spend some time when I was down at uh, Federal State University where the service will be tomorrow. But we went down and did a one-day basketball camp, and it was just a tremendous outpouring, and we certainly appreciate the United States Basketball Association for coming in and providing that. Uh, his uh, youngest son, uh, Jason Capel, is the um, vice president of the United States Basketball Association, and, and what they were able to do was remarkable on that one day, and his former players came back, and, of course, Darrell Armstrong that played for him at Fayetteville State, uh, and that went on, and you know, starting the NBA and now is coaching in the NBA. What a just tremendous, tremendous, you know, job and, and just being able to come back and give back to coach because, you know, he's done so much for all of us. You know, if I could line up his former players and, and at behind the mic and, and we could go story after story after story and just capturing everything that he, he did for everybody would just be a tremendous, tremendous feat. But what we want to do is just share with you it is one of some of the greatest things that, you know, we were able to accomplish together. So in that, you know, I was 13 years old, so let's just kind of turn back the hands of time. And, and Coach came up to me when I was a freshman at Pinecrest High School. That was absolutely me on ESPN. did a great uh, piece on him this past week during the uh, Duke game, so we certainly appreciate uh, them taking time out and recognizing Coach uh, and also recognizing Pinecrest High School. But in that, Coach came to me at 13 years old and asked me, you know, would I be, a, be his manager? And I was like, a manager? He said, well, we call them student assistants. And this is what it you know, entails. And I was like, well, you know what you got to do? You got to talk to my mom. You know, so the coach says, okay. So he you know, took me home and he said, oh, then, and she said, you know, Jeffrey, I can't take, I can't pick him up every day. And she said, he said don't worry about it. He said, I will drop him off uh, every day. So that's when it all started. So I was 13 years old as a freshman in high school in 1981. And, and guys on that team, well, you know, Jeff Carmichael, um, Johnny Hines, uh, Leon Bryant, you know, Jeff Leak, Jeff Fuller, uh, Chris Perry, uh, and the list goes on. You know, and as we were able to to formulate that team, Jeff Carmichael uh, was on that team as well, 1981 Pine Patriots. And and in that process, you know, I was able to be a young man and, and see the insides of uh, of a basketball program, learn how to run a basketball program be detailed in what you have to do in order to run a basketball program. And that's what was so exciting to me. That's what was so exciting to to understand uh, what you have to do in order to run a basketball program. So as a young, you know, 13-year-old kid, I was very impressionable. So everything that, you know, coach was laying down, I was scooping it up. Every time that, you know, he taught, taught me how to break down film from, you know, reel to reel uh, to VCR, you know, you stop and showing you, you know, what does it look like when somebody comes, you know, up to a pick, read the defense, call out the defense, understand how to defend that, uh, and just work in a basketball program from t- uh, from top to bottom. You know, so it was a huge, huge uh, deal. It was a huge, huge, you know, just a great opportunity to be around the game, but a great opportunity for somebody to see something in you and be able for you to come alongside and understand exactly what, uh, the game meant, and that's what Coach did, you know. So from the time walking in and getting up, uh, getting a ladder, and realizing that, uh, you know, there's things that have to be done before the season, and there's things that you have to take care of. So there was times that he showed me how to clean backboards. He showed me how to clean the gym floor. You know, taking care of the rosters. Uh, we had a, uh, a a box of letters, if you would, and we take the scoreboard, excuse me, scorebook, and we would go down and we'd put our teams up. 
and we would go down and be able to turn those around and um, raise their names at the end of the gym so people could look and see exactly whose numbers or what you know what number was number 42 what number was 12 you know on down the line and then of course uh, the famous key 442 was the master key of Pinecrest High School gym and in that process you know I'd have coaches key rings at and it was my job to make sure the floor was tight and the balls were out, the the water was, you know, squared away, washing uniforms, making sure, you know, the guys went then the practice, we would put their uh number in the tongue of their sneakers because coach didn't allow them to take their sneakers home. Uh and we put them in the in the uh, equipment room and we'd clean off the shelf and make sure that we, we had the room. So when the guys turned their sneakers in, we would take them in there, set them on the shelf by by the numbers. Uh, we had the can of disinfectant spray, so we would spray up those shoes uh, and making sure that the, the room just wasn't uh, purified. But uh, we would do that uh, and sit them on the shelves. And then inside that same locker room or inside that same equipment room, uh, where it's where our basketballs were, it's where all of our uh, warm-up jerseys was. So imagine taking uh, the uh, warm-up you know, you had your pants in the bottom. So what we did to make sure that we knew who everybody's, uh, it would, what we did to make sure that we knew whose uh, warm-up suit it was, he showed me how to take a piece of tape, uh, athletic tape, and put it around the head of a coat hanger. And when you put it around the head of the coat hanger, you pick up a magic marker and you would ma- you would mark the magic. You wouldn't write on the magic marker the number, you know, so it would be, you know, number 22, number 12, number 42, or whoever it was. Um, that's how you symbolize. So you hung those up so it was two hangers, one for the pants and then one for uh, the top. Uh, the you know, Of course, the warm-ups were green and down the one side was Patriots, and then the captains, actually, uh, the Patriot was all set. So it was very, very distinctive who the captain was. But So as we traveled, this is how we would make sure that we had everybody's uh, warm-ups. So the warm-ups would come in from the sideline. Once they finished uh, warming up, we would take those uh, warm-ups. As we sat behind the bench, we would fold those warm-ups up. Uh, so when they would come off the floor, you know, we'd fold them and we would stack them on uh, on the bench beside us. And at halftime, you know, we would get up and get out in front of the team and have key 442 and make sure the locker room was open, make sure they had their water. Uh, we would take their pants in and we would start that process of hanging them up. Uh, so at the end of the game, one thing we would have to do is grab uh, their warm-up tops uh, and make sure that we would match up the tops with the bottom. But it was so helpful to have because you had to flag uh, at the top of your uh, your hanger, so coach taught us uh, taught us how to do that. And at the end of the night, you know, we would you know, make two piles. You'd have the socks, you'd have the uniforms, and then of course, you know, from where the gym was to the field house. The field house is where the washing dryer was. You know, the basketball gym um, didn't have a washing dryer, so we would take the, the uniforms and we would load them up. Uh, you go up the hill, dragging them, carrying them, couldn't drive, so you'd have to make that walk up the hill, uh, open up the door, turn the lights on, you know, put all of the uh, uniforms uh, in the washing machine, make sure the setting was right. Uh, and I'm happy to say I never faded any uh, uniforms. 
but we may had to make sure that we had the uniforms tight. We would put the piler in the, in the machine and we'd start it and lock everything up and come on back down the hill. And then it was, you know, making sure the gym was squared away. We did the floors if we had to push in the in the bleachers. We did all of that. So while we were doing all that, and again, Coach had to teach me all of this because I was 13 years old. Uh, and then we'd go in, Coach would be sitting in the office, and he'd be going to have his stat sheet. He'd have the, the, the school book. You know, if we won, you know, he'd be, you know, talking about, you know, some of the things that we did good and how we executed well. And then if we didn't win, you know, the, the things. And I really honestly um, – we were very successful. We had great teams. But the things that really stood out in my mind is how is what we would do when we lost. Not that it wasn't important that when we won, but what stood out in my mind is, is how he would analyze and how we would play it over and over and over in his head of what we need to do. Um, how, do how do we go back to the, the drawing board? What do we need to do? So you know, we would load up, and he said, you know, hey, go out there and crank the car up. And he had a uh, Toyota uh, Corolla or Celica. It was gray, two-door coupe, sunroof. It was so cool. Black interior. Uh, we'd go out and, and crank that, uh, crank the car up and turn that heat on. And, and we'd load, get the stuff. And if it was wintertime, I'd see that tan overcoat he had. He'd put it on, flip that collar up, and we'd start shutting the lights out and walking out the, out the gym. We'd lock the gym, and I'd give him his keys. And we'd get in the car and... Be going down the road. We come around the, you know, the back side of the football field, and, and within a few feet, he said, "Hey, get that, get that stat sheet out." I'd had the stat sheet out, and we turn the interior light on. How many turnovers did such and such have? You know, and then, you know, he'd go to, you know, start fussing about, you know, why didn't we take care of the basketball, and you know, what did they do? You know, were they clowning around doing, you know, in the in the gym? Were they what taking it serious? And get the scorebook out. You know, what did he do in the third quarter? You know, we were looking. And we would drill down into what he did in the third quarter. And then we would look, what did he do in the fourth quarter? And we would talk about a little bit about what he did in the fourth quarter. How many turnovers did he have in the fourth quarter? You know, what was his, how many free throws did, did we miss? You know, we got to make, you know, make a note. We got we to gotta work on that tomorrow. You know, so we would go, go, go. And then, you know, and, and as I got older, you know, that conversation, you know, we talk a little bit about that. And I say, Coach, I need to ask you about this. You know, it'd be girl talk. You know, we'd be talking about, you know, different things. And, you know, how should I ask, you know, this girl to the to the prom? Or how should I ask, you know, this girl if, you know, she wanted to be my lady? Um, you know, so those were the things that really stand out in my mind because, you know, that, that was the thing. He was like, you know, ask her to be your lady and, and, and what that looked like. And, you know, how do you how do you talk to the to the girls? How do you, you know, you go from being a boy to, to being a man? And that's what he did. So many times that you know we'd be in the gym and we'd be cleaning up, and he would come in and, and he'd say, "Hey, he said I got something in there for you to eat." And I'd come down off of the ladder and I'd go in the gym and or go in his office and he'd ran somewhere and, and got me something to eat and, and I would eat that before the game or before practice. And then we would we would get on the grind and again. I'd make sure that the sneakers were out of the out of the equipment room and lined up for the guys and take their practice stuff, get it washed and hang it up back in their locker. So, you know, there was so, so much that what we did and then be able to to, to get on the road and, and make sure everything was squared away when we had road games and get back and coach lived in Fedville. He always lived in Fedville. 
Uh, and on the way out of town, he'd always, last stop, he'd drop me off and say, all right, see you in the morning. Get out of the car and down the hill I would go and, and in the house, and it would be late uh, when I got in. But the next morning, we'd be on the grind. Or Saturday morning, if we were practicing Saturday morning, he'd be like, hey, I'm coming through it. He'd come through, uh, and I'd be there, and we'd jump in the car, and, and we head on, and he would give me instructions. You know, some days, he's, I don't want to see a basketball. I'm like, what? Well, I don't want to see a ball. We're not, I don't want to see a basketball today. We wouldn't bring balls out of there. Out of the equipment room, we would be in there and on the grind. Uh, and we'd run, you know, they would run steps. They would run the three-man weave. You know, as 13 years old, you'd sit there and, and I would take all that in. And then he would talk about, you know, how do you play defense the right way and, and how do you cover this man and scoring offensively and, and then being in, the, in, you know, go check his box and come back. And I was a freshman, and our top player back then was Jeff Carmichael, and the letters that he would get every day was just, it was so cool to see the different colleges and universities, and being exposed to that at an early age was just a, was a, you know, just a tremendous effort. But I just want to just certainly appreciate Coach for everything that he ever done, every conversation we ever had. You know, I lost my dad to suicide, and the first person that called me was Coach, you know, just telling me. You know, he was sorry, telling me if I needed anything, inviting me down to come in and spend some time with he and his family just to get away. I mean, but it was just, you know, it was so many things that would happen uh, during the course of my life uh, and how he would be there for me in understanding. Uh, and then once he moved on uh, to Wake Forest, being able to go to the basketball games at Wake Forest, and then he took the head coaching job at Fayetteville State and be able to – then I was in uh, working – as a probation parole officer, and our drug lab was in Fayetteville. So I would make, I would always volunteer to, to take the stuff that would ever need to go to Fayetteville to, to take it to Fayetteville because that gave me opportunity to swing by and uh, hang out with Coach at Fayetteville State along with uh, Coach Mark Klein, who's now uh, assistant coach at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. So it gave me opportunity to, to kind of double dip, if you will, uh, to be able to see him slide over. Uh, and see he and Mark and, and hang out. Then from Fayetteville State, they went to Greensboro uh, on the campus of North Carolina A&T. And then, of course, I'd make my way to Greensboro, go by the coach's office, uh, hang out with them on the campus of uh, uh, excuse me, North Carolina A&T State University. So no matter where he was, I always made it my business to go see coach and the family. Uh, then he you know, took a job at Old Dominion. So I went from Fayetteville to Greensboro to traveling to uh, Hampton. I had the opportunity to go up and spend several weekends with he and his family coming up, and they just allow us to hang out and spend the weekend and go to practice uh, with Coach at Old Dominion uh, and just do what we do. You know, and I was coaching high school then uh, and just been able to tap into that entire resource and tap into exactly what – you know, what coaches do, and at that level, uh, and seeing him, to me, one of his greatest wins is when he beat Villanova in, you know, in triple overtime in the NCAA tournament. You know, what a great – and I remember watching that game like it was yesterday. Mike Jones, P.D. Sessoms, you know, just to name a few, E.J. Sherrod, uh, they did a great, great job. You know, what a tremendous, tremendous job. And then coach went from there to the NBA Developmental League and then from the NBA Developmental League, coaching the Fedville Patriots uh, to the NBA, uh, where he landed the NBA job with the Charlotte Hornets. 
Uh, and then it was uh, the Bobcats, and then we're from the Bobcats. Then he finished his coaching career uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we certainly, certainly just want to, again, pay homage to Coach Capel. Thank him so much for everything that he did. It's going to be tough um, as we get ready to, to, you know, start making this move and got everything packed, and it's about 7 o'clock, and the guys is going to be dropping in Bobby. Uh, he's playing Georgetown this evening, and he's catching a flight into Fayetteville. You know, Bernard and Ken, Coach Ken Spencer, uh, who's the head coach at Fayetteville State University, and also Coach Collins, who's the head coach at Maryland Eastern Shore. We were teammates uh, in high school, and then these gentlemen went on to finish uh, great college careers. Now they're college basketball coaches, so they are from Coach Capel's tree. You know, so they will be speaking at the service, and what a tremendous, tremendous honor that they do so we wish them continued speed this year doing their games and their uh but also not just doing their games but also today be with them uh as they uh their teams take the uh, court and as they travel and everybody travels so you know as we start to wind down this show uh always remember you know one thing coach always said it's summertime where players are made you know what and i want to say thank you lord thank you for allowing us to have coach in our lives Thank you for allowing him to be who he, he who he was to us. Thank him for being the father that he was. Thank him for being the husband that he was. But most importantly, just thank him for the man. Not just the coach, not just basketball, but teaching us how to go from boys to men. So we want to thank you. We want to thank his family for allowing him to, you know, fulfill his, his desire. His basketball cue was second to none. Uh, but, you know, they'll miss their dad. We'll miss our coach. Uh, but as Jeff said in the player tribune, the tree, you know, he knew this day was coming and he knew that, you know, people would gather in a small town in North Carolina. They would stand up there and they would recognize him being a veteran. They would recognize you know, him being a basketball coach, him being a leader. Uh, and they would say, you know, great things. But Jeff said, I'm going to miss my dad. Uh, and that's huge. Uh, so we wish them Godspeed. We wish them uh, just, you know, be able to under, understand and, and just fall into the arms of the Lord during this time and just ask him uh, for his saving grace and power. But we want to thank all of our uh, supporters, subscribers around the United States as well as around the country. But I had to come on this morning uh, and do a show in honor of my coach, and that's Coach Jeff Capel. Coach, I want to thank you. I love you. That's what he told me before I, the last time I saw him before I walked out of the hospital room. When he was in Durham, I was getting ready to leave, and I told him, thank you for everything. And he and his, his wife, Jerry, said, stop, he, he wants to tell you something. And you have to understand, Coach wasn't speaking then. He pointed at himself, he pointed at his heart, and he pointed at me. So he pointed at himself saying, I pointed at his heart representing love, and then he pointed at me. So, Coach, I love you. And I'll see you one day in the gym. God bless you. This is Coach Goins. And as we always say, make sure that you understand what we do. Make sure that you understand our scripture verse, John 14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Coach, God bless you, and we'll see you again. This is Coach Goins. You guys have a great and safe day.